Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Oh, a shaking Logan. You know this weather. No, I'm just oh kidding. I'm not going to bring up the weather after your last episode. Weather. But uh, I will bring up that Thanksgiving will probably be right when this episode is coming out. If Happy not a Thanksgiving, couple days before. And are you doing your famous turkey again this year? Yeah, absolutely. Got to try to do two, maybe. Two turkeys. Yeah, which is creating a little bit of an issue because... This is first world problem. It's going to sound terribly pretentious, but we have two ovens. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we do have two ovens. Last year I did two turkeys because we, we take in stragglers a lot. Okay. And so, you know. You have a whole crew. I have to be year. better about that because I'll meet somebody like on Wednesday and be like, oh, you don't have any place to go? Like, come on over. And my wife's like, you just met him at the grocery store. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we have a lot of people come in, like 30. So we got to do two turkeys. 30. Holy cow. Yeah, you're definitely going to need two if turkeys. If everybody comes, it'll be like 30. But yeah. So we got to do two turkeys. So the problem is I did that last year, and then my wife is so mad because all of the sides that needed to be oh, warmed they can't or go cooked, in the oven either. I was like, the turkey's in the oven. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I mean, the mashers are going to have, or the whatever, green bean casserole is going to have to wait. Mm. Like, this is a turkey we're talking about. <laughs> so I have begun pricing. Let me tell you what side hustle we need to get into. Mm. Pre-cooked thanksgiving turkeys pre-cooked like pre like you order them and you go pick them up the morning of or the i don't know what day i guess the morning of do you know how much they're selling those things for hundreds of dollars that's insane what hundred like you can get a pre-cooked turkey and like two or three sides for hundreds of dollars it's like 15 dollars for a massive turkey i don't know where you get your turkey well 99 cents right now at kroger where 99 cents Per pound. We love turkey because it's so, I mean, You're going to need like a 35-pound turkey. I totally but. am going to get a 35-pound pound turkey, but if it's 99 cents, I'm going to go get one. I used to buy like butterballs because yeah. I needed the extra, you know, infused oh, yeah. like uh, nope. toxic juice or whatever. Just adobo it up. Adobo. Oh, my goodness. My turkey. I mean, I've tried everything. Don't tell me. I know you out there are going to say, oh, have you deep fried it? Yep. Have you brined it? Yep. Have you flipped it upside down? Yep. Have you stuffed it with stuff? Yep. I've done it all. Oven bag. Oven bag with a crap ton of adobo <laughs> and every other salt thing you can throw in there. And oh my goodness. Yeah, last year I did your turkey. Um, you for... can't feel your fingers the it, next day. Oh, no, I'm it's all lie. salt. Like, it's you, all it's salt. salt. It's, it's very it's salty. It's an unbelievable amount of salt. Unbelievable. It is a fantastic turkey. I mean, you and cut the in... video that you sent me. Oh, yeah, is, yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. The gal, she's, she was fantastic. <laughs> I, should, I wish I could meet her sometime. Um, shoot, there was something I was going to. Oh, yeah. So. Are you going to run in the Jewel Financial 2024 Ultra Marathon? Yeah, so we are apparently running a 50K. Yeah, that we talked about an hour ago. Yeah, exactly. So the last time I ran a 50 meter, it's been a minute. So that's going to be fun. I can't wait. So, okay, in our office, Georgia, who works in the client relations area, she is a runner. She just completed a half marathon. And you're a runner, so naturally everybody has to enjoy that pain. (laughs) (laughs) You just sounded like my kids. That is great. That is awesome. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) So her and I were talking, and she was asking about a 50K. And I said, I enjoyed 50Ks more than any other race that I've done for a variety of reasons. And runners out there who listen to this podcast, you know there's no clock. 
I mean, there's a clock, but you don't care about the clock. You're not looking at the clock. You're looking at the trail. You're hiking up the up, the walking up the up parts. That's weird. And maybe kind of running down the down parts and, and, you know, enjoying nature. It's amazing. And then every five miles you stop at an aid station and they get like quesadillas or whatever you want. It's unbelievable. And six or seven or eight hours later you finish and you have beer and pizza and you feel amazing. Yeah, I feel like that would be kind of like the office when they do that. Mm-hmm. And um, like I'd be like going to the grocery store. I'd be Jim and Pam and just be like walking behind. And Well, Georgia and I are doing it. So we're going to put it out there, and I'd really like you to do it. I'd like you to consider it. Training and i got to start it. training with nah, you. Nah, we got to find one first, then you got to figure it out. But I'll tell you what you don't have to do. The first time I ran a 50K, I thought, okay, i got to learn how to run 30 miles. And that was totally wrong. I, didn't, I did not have to learn how to run 30 miles because basically you walk 10, you run downhill for 10, and then you run flat for 10. So... And you do it over a six- or seven-hour period. So what I should have done is worked more on my quads because mm. I was not used to running downhill so much. Mm. I should have hiked a little bit more, like gone out to the gorge or whatever and hiked. And uh, I should have worried about stretching and hydration a little bit more. second one I did, boom, had it, Crushed nailed it. it. Awesome. I yeah. love 50Ks. I'm going to need some more encouragement for that one. Come on out there. Send us those emails and encourage Logan and your questions. Come on. And A. Howard, too. Allie, she's like, I mean, here she is, like, jumping out of planes. And I'm like, you want to run a 50K? No, I don't want to run a 50K. What? What? I mean, come on. Yeah. Will you jump out of plane? Yes, I'll absolutely put my life in jeopardy. Well, Allie's, like, typical everyday activities is like yeah what do you do like she like it's 455 ready to go well whatever it's 505 i'm not gonna yeah. say she shorts the time because she does not but she'll like change yeah. and she's like superwoman i'm like where are you going i'm bouldering where are you going playing dodgeball yeah or whatever i don't <laughs> yeah. know making stuff up now horseshoes like, going drag racing I'm, dra- <laughs> <laughs> I'm drag racing i mean i didn't start riding bulls you know to prove anything i just loved it we got to get into our question uh uh, other housekeeping. So first, <laughs> this is sponsored by Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E, financial.com. Uh, if you ever want a second opinion on your situation or you just want an excuse to call up and talk to us further, you can uh, visit us on the web, learn more about our wealth development program, and, and uh, schedule a meeting. We're on social, uh, podcast DIY Money Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Insta, and uh, I'm on Twitter, Quint Tatro. I should probably go in with the DIY thing, but I didn't, but... Anyways, we don't know who this is. Normally, I don't put questions on here if somebody doesn't identify themselves. Even if they give me a fake name, I'm perfectly fine with that uh, because clearly I like to call out the name. Uh, But I thought the question was so relevant and appropriate and perfect for Logan as well. So that's why he's on today. Uh, And so we don't know this individual's name. So no name. What do you got? D.I.Y. Hey, D.I.Y. Money. Love your show. I'm a newlywed and had a question about marital finance. Several of my friends in the beginning of their marriage have continued to keep their finances somewhat separate with each of them paying for half of the mortgage, etc., alternating on grocery bills, etc., whereas my wife and I have just kind of churned everything in one pot and said it's our money. We found that this has enabled us to utilize our different incomes to maximize both of our retirement accounts. For example, my income is a little higher and enables us to max out my wife's retirement account 
as well as my retirement account. This isn't something that I hear a lot of people utilizing. Is there something I'm missing or why is this not more commonly done? Thank you for your time. Okay, this is a great question, a great subject matter. I have been seeing more and more of uh, social media influencers talking about how this doesn't matter and you should keep them separate and you know it's kind of and, and I hate to say it this way but I, I from my observation this is just what I see it's usually a woman who is sort of kind of defending the woman's ability to stay separate in their own silo I, observation don't shoot the messenger I, if I if there's a guy advocating for it on social media I've missed it so I apologize, but I have seen multiple women advocating this. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm not a fan because divorce or marital difficulty often stems from financial stress. Now, there's an old saying or Thing that's quoted or statistic that's quoted incorrectly, mind you, that finance is the number one cause of divorce. I you can't find that. There's there's no proof of that. Meaning, like literally, there's no statistic in the divorce decrees or settlements that say, yeah, sixty five percent is the reason that. Nope. However, uh, and I know that because I looked. <laughs> so don't just take my you know. I I actually did the work because as I was writing the DIY money book. I wanted to talk about this very subject. It's in there. And I wanted to talk about it from my own personal experience and so forth. And I wanted to really actually cite that example. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the statistics. So that said, there's a lot of data, however, that talk about financial stress, anxiety, difficulty as one of the root causes for whatever else may have happened to spark a divorce. Now, in my personal opinion, this is one of the areas that you can unite on as a team and start to handle the difficulties, the ups and the downs together so that wins are experienced together, losses and challenges are experienced together, and roles are identified in who's doing what. Now, why is this important? Well, let's say that you ultimately have children. Are you going to like, oh, listen, you handle Bob and I'll handle Jane and we'll keep that separate? No. Like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You're going to parent together. Well, why not then learn how to act as a team in one of the most sensitive areas in your marriage, which is finances. Now, inevitably, inevitably, one person is going to be more passionate about this than other. You're going to, I mean, often different different types of people attract to, to one another, and that's okay. That's healthy, right? Opposites attract. And so you have to identify who is going to take the primary responsibility of this. Now, you may assume, oh, that's, oh, that's the guy. No, it's not. In fact, I'd probably say in most couples that I have seen, 
that are outside my kind of network because my network's very financially minded and often it's men. So outside of that, like in general population, I often see the women being more financially minded and sort of, you know, acute and aware of, of their budgets and their finances than the men. And often when I have that situation occur, I have to look at the guy and go, look, bud, you got to put your pride aside. You, you, you're not the guy here. Your your wife's the CFO. You're the supporting role in this, and you need to you need to own that, and that's okay. The men that can do that, couple thrives, absolutely thrives. The men who cannot do that, you let your ego and your self interest, and oh, well, I deserve this, and I should do this, and women out there listening, you know who I'm talking about. That's going to be problematic. It's going to be a problem. Conversely. For the couple where the man takes that CFO role and the woman is not as interested, doesn't want, etc., there are the, again, situations where you've got to be engaged. You've got to at least act as if. And man and the men or, or in this situation, you know, the CFO type, whether it's a woman or a man, you got to know what, you know, your spouse is inclined to be kind of interested in spending money on and not interested and so forth. Anyways. It's understanding roles and doing it together. Why? And then I'll conclude here, and I want to hear Logan's input because he's newly married. And that is so that you can build your financial success together. If you're in a hole, you're digging out together. If you're building wealth, you're building wealth together. That's, in my opinion, the great upside of commingling. And, and hey, you're married. You're sharing a bed you're sharing a house, you're sharing children, why would you not share your money? My personal opinion, what say you, Logan? Yeah, so we don't, I think as a society, we don't like to act like money is a huge part of our lives, but it is. I mean, money is a a huge part of anyone's life. It just is. Finances, in general, are a major part of our lives. Marriage is designed to bring two people's lives together. I think if you exclude finances, which is a major part of our lives, from that coming together, it can be very, very difficult. And we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it with people that we've talked to and have separate finances, and that causes issues, and there causes you know uncertainty of where things are. It also causes a lot of uncertainty of what goals are. So if we have a financial planning meeting with someone, we talk about goals. I mean, that that's one of the big key topics. And if one person's goal is to be paying off debt and the other person's goal is to be maxing out retirement accounts and putting tons of money away, then you might have a lot of different priorities going in different directions that can cause you to not reach any of those goals in the time frame that you want to. I think I'm going to marry you. Well, you're not going to marry me now? No way. Let me say this. Everybody has a different money blueprint. We've talked about money DNA before on, on different podcasts. That is how you've grown up, how you were raised, how you see money in the world, what you like to use money for. So maybe people like to use it for safety or some people like to use it to show people love. They use their money to show people love. There's a lot of different money blueprints out there. You have to be able to combine those and really have dialogue about it. I think you have to do that before you even get married. So I know you didn't ask this in this question, but not combining the finances, but talking about money and talking about what you think about money and kind of what your blueprint was as you've grown up and as you've handled money in your life. So talking about that beforehand is really important. And then once you get into that marriage, it is difficult. It takes some time. 
it took my wife and I quite a few months to get everything combined, especially with name change and everything else. Multiple trips to the bank, multiple trips to uh, calls or things to to make sure everything is combined. But once you do it, it just feels so much better to be able to be on the same page, have dialogue. Hey, if we're, if we're struggling with something financially, we're both struggling with that financially. If we're doing fantastic, we're both celebrating those fantastic things. And we're attacking the same goals. I think that that one is really high on the mountain is saying, hey, we have student loan debt. We're tackling that student loan debt, and we're making sure that that is the priority. If it's a car loan, we're taking that out. If it's building for retirement, then we're targeting that together and really putting significant money towards it. I will say, I mentioned it briefly, but I would not, absolutely not combine finances before you're married. Mm. I, I would not, I would avoid that at all costs because once you do that, then there could be a whole lot more issues that come. And it's one of the reasons people say, hey, you shouldn't combine your finances when you're married because it could be difficult if you separate. Well, if you're not married and you don't have that legal bond, it could be easier to separate and still very, very difficult to separate your finances. Don't get a dog together either. Don't get a dog together either. Yeah, (laughs) I agree with you. But, I mean, it's not just combining finances. It's things like I've seen this a lot. You know, a a boyfriend and girlfriend co-sign on something. They get an apartment, a lease together. Yep. I mean, okay, and the relationship, oh, our relationship's never going to go bad. Well, then marry each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? Exactly. Well, we're good. We're go- it's going to be fine. Great. Put a ring on it. Right. Like, what, what? where's your belt today? Lost your belt. I have no belt. Whoa. All right. My eyes are up here, by the way. <laughs> That's ta- I just realized that. That's really bad. You don't have any in-person meetings. You're okay, awkward. right? Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but you got great socks on, as yeah, always. Well. So the, uh, I mean, whatever. Keep Keep it simple. I, I tell this story often, but it is just ingrained in my brain. It's one of the highlights of, of early marriage is my wife and I going to, uh, where was it? Where did they have the great rolls with the butter? Not not Texas Roadhouse? No, that's great, too. No. Anyways, uh, we can spend a lo- long time on this. <laughs> oh, Charlie's. There you go. Uh, we went to O'Charlie's and we're sitting at the bar top and we're there for, you know, happy hour, like four to seven, because we're not going to buy it. We don't have the money to, to really, you know, we drink waters and mm-hmm. we're splitting an appetizer and we bring the checkbook and we bring the, the statement and we're paying off the last car payment of our, of our cars. And we had two cars and that was it. Like that was the last of the debt besides the mortgage that we started to tackle thereafter. And I remember they, there's a young kid and he's waiting on our table and he comes over and he's, you know, he's working the bar and the, the high tops and he's like, Oh, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're paying off our car loan and it's the last debt we have other than the mortgage. And he was like, I mean, you, I'll just never forget. He was like, you're paying off, like, you don't, you're you not going to have a car payment? And I'm like, yeah, I, uh, never again mm-hmm. do I want to ever. Yeah. I, I will drive this till it, you know, breaks. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, my. Like, he couldn't even believe it. Awesome. He didn't know. And, I, and so, you know, we paid it. We put it in the mail. And we couldn't, you know, we, we couldn't then tackle the next task fast enough. That's great. And I know we, this is a tangent, and I'm, I'm going to take it off a little bit. I is, love it. When my wife and I have done this, and it took a while to get the budgeting thing to work out and to be able to communicate about it, but budgeting doesn't have to be just this painful thing all the time. I think everybody thinks like, oh, if you're working together financially, it's just painful budgeting and and tracking your money. But now like coming into this holiday season, 
we have a designated amount that is set aside for Christmas and something we love to do is give gifts. And knowing that that money is there because we've saved and we budgeted for it and, and that is going to be set aside for giving gifts to people is an amazing feeling. And it's an awesome thing to be able to do together. No stress. No stress. And I think, you know, fast forward for all of you out there, newly married or just starting or whatever, you know, I'm 46, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, 20 years into marriage and now having made, and I love what Dave Ramsey says, I don't always like everything he says, but, you know, you live like no one else today so you can live like no one else in in the future or tomorrow and and I you know on the way to work today I'm I'm listening to a new audio book that uh live what is it what did I tell you it was called shoot like go everything's going to zero or live yeah, like yeah. you're going to zero live or, like you're going to zero uh, anyway I don't remember I'll tell you in a second but anyways die with zero there he goes okay die with zero uh and, and hopefully this guy's not like absolute like because I'm not going to spend everything down but anyways I was on the way to work and I'm thinking you know one of the great excuses that I have to travel because I as you know I love to travel is my wife's birthday is in January, okay. right after all the holidays mm-hmm. and mid-January. And, and so birthdays and anniversaries, I feel like you get a free pass from your kids especially and then people to help. So, you know, family, extended family, friends, like, ah, we're going out of town for my wife's birthday. Like, oh, you're such a good guy. As opposed to, like, it's Tuesday and we're going out of town. They're like, what? Like, who does that? No, I can't watch your dog. So I'm always thinking, last year I surprised her. We went to Paris. You know, like, we flew to Paris. People are like, wait, how long are you? Like, four days. We're going to Paris. What? It was amazing. It was amazing. So now I'm like, okay, where are we going? We're going someplace awesome. Awesome. And... Why can we do that? Because we drove beater cars yeah. for years. Yeah. We lived in a starter home in the projects, basically. I mean, it was terrible location. We clipped coupons. We did not travel. We did not go to the games. We did not have the tickets. And, and all the time that people did, we didn't. Right. And it was okay. Was it hard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Very hard. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, no name. We thank you for your question. Great question. Hopefully, you found some value in that answer. And uh, for those of you out there, you know, doing this, you know, keep keep plugging along. Uh, it will it will uh, it will eventually you will see the fruits of your labor. All right, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple: live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.